Our message title for this morning is forgiveness. I kind of glanced back on my past when I switched out off the preaching and I wanted to address the folks. I thought I talked about the causative and sympathetic need between God and man. And the pastor came back and said, well, you're going to the harmony between God and man. I, I, I said, okay, thank you, Lord, for um, let's just find a word of prayer. Father God, I would thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word and what it has to say for us. And as we uh, look at your word, we want to see every aspect of it, learn from it, and apply it to our lives. So thank you for our passage scripture that we've probably quite a while, but really went, help us, Lord, to retrace the steps and really see what you say in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints say, Amen. Amen. Okay, well, we are looking at John, uh, the 8th chapter, verses 1 through 11. And as we uh, look at this uh, passage of scripture, before, before I get started here, I, I thought, you know what I'm saying, that we are students. And uh, so we're going to be students. So before we get into the passage of scripture, and trust me, we'll get into it. But as students, remember what they teach at Walgreens and CBS and everything else is, I do, you watch. I do, you help. You do, I help. You do, I watch. Now, with that said, before we get into the text, we're going to say, well, Jesus is starting off his day. He's starting off his day. And so, if we are disciples, we're going to be just like Jesus. And so, we're following Him. And then we say, well, Lord, verses 1 through 11, what is that? say, well, well, really, when you start off your day, you're going to follow me. The first thing you do is pray. And that's what, that's what the verse says. That uh, God, above all of you, He can throw him and cast that out. Then what's the next thing? If you don't follow me, not only do you pray, you do what you so I'm going to teach. And so the next thing you find out that he's teaching. Then the next thing that happens is that after uh, the teaching is, don't be surprised if you are interrupted. So I'm going to show you what to do when people interrupt you. You don't have to argue with them. You got that? Yes, you got that. Good, good, good. Now, all right, so I get up and pray. That's what you should be doing. After we get up and pray, the next thing that we, we do from that point on is that uh, we go and, and do our for the teaching, whatever it is, we're living for the Lord, and expect to be challenged, okay, and look for opportunities to be blessed. And that's what all the verses, that's what it's all about. Um, so, so as students, we're following this pattern as we go to the passage of Scripture. Because now the Scripture breaks it out in details. And there's some things in between verses 1 through 11 that I found that theologians tripped over. But I'll prove it to you by the word of God. Not by what I think, not by what I think, but by the word of God. So, so let's get started. So it starts off with the verses here, John 8, 1, 1 is our lead verse, which says this. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Well, why didn't he go to the Mount of Olives? What's the first thing on this? Great. Okay. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. 
Pharisee brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst. Now, that's, that's how we into this whole thing. They said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Uh, King James says, caught in the very act. We caught her. Okay. Now, in the law of Moses, commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, notice what they said. The law of Moses said to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? You say, well, what does Moses say, right? Uh, so we're going to follow this a little bit longer and because there's some things you need to see that when I saw it, I said, wow, Lord. wow. Uh, that's right. Forgiveness, forgiveness is a biblical principle working uh, definition. To be forgiven requires the offender to be released from their offense. The victim must be willing to establish closure the offender's action. If you're going to forgive someone, then you have to tear up, burn up that black book, that person who gets on your last nerve every time you see them, you remember. That book, that's what I'm talking about. You know what that book is, you know who the person is. When I said it, that picture came right into your mind. God said, take that erase. Let's wipe it out. Because why? Because be kind to the heart, forgive one another, just as God invites the book. So I think that's, that's very key, very important that that happens. Um, so let's, let's go on. If we go to the next slide, then the principle of faithful outcomes of forgiveness are being released from the offense, establishing an irrevocable closure to the abyss. In other words, first case, come back to it. Allowing an inevitable healing to take place from the situation. Avoiding any reference to the past that would hinder or impair a faithful outcome for today. The power to remember no regrets or any thoughts of revenge. You see, the whole idea of, um, of forgiving is that there's no thoughts of revenge. You have to be willing to just let it go. And they say, drop the mic. That's it. It's all over. These are the principles. That's the word. Observation. When God forgives us, it's a family matter that ensures closure, reconciliation, and growth. Our lowest point of our failure is God's greatest opportunity to deliver, forgive, and move on with life for living. Uh, Brandon has simply coined the phrase, Jesus forgive. And it's your Lord morning when you have messed up and you think that no one really cares. Uh, let me just make something very clear. You cannot forgive yourself. You hear people, well, just forgive. You can forgive yourself. It is impossible because you see, in order to forgive, the person who's offended had to release the person, the offender. So how are you going to forgive yourself when you're already in sin, etc. Et say, well, he forgave me. Then if he forgave you, go on. Shut the door and keep walking. But you can't forgive yourself. Uh, I don't believe it. Then prove it. Come up with a biblical principle where it says a person 
need to forgive themselves. Only God forgives us. And we in turn, we tend our heart to forgive one another just as God and Christ have forgiven us. But you cannot forgive yourself. You can make up your mind not to do it. That does not mean that you forget about it, but what you do know is this. Take that little bird from whatever it is and draw a pen to it and forget about it. You cannot forgive yourself. Um, there are four snapshots that we should glean from this situation. The plot, the intense pressure, the piercing probe, and the heart. And as you go through these 11 verses, let's just go right through it and see what's going on here. And again, we want to look, through, look at it through Jesus' eyes. Now, why? Because Jesus is cool all the time. He maintains it. So he said, if you're going to follow me, you have to maintain your cool all the time. So let's go to the next slide. The plot, verse 1 to 5. Now, as we look at the plot, it says, But Jesus went to Mount Wallace early in the morning. He came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and talked. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in a dog's bed, placing her in the midst. Now, understand something. He's in the temple. The Pharisees break in to a, a, a teaching session where a woman who'd been caught in adultery interrupt the meeting and sit her down in the middle of them. And then they take over by saying what they wanted to say. Uh, I don't know what your response would have been, but you know what? Jesus was cool about it. Because you know? uh, the first thing is, first thing, he prayed already. He's right where God wants him to be. Now he's ready for whatever comes his way. I don't care how ridiculous it might be. Read that in mind. If you pray in the morning, uh, if you keep in mind what God wants you to do that particular day, then maintain your cool because Satan comes somewhere along the line to trick you. So here are this is now is the scribes, the lawyers, and the Pharisees, those who know the law. These were the guys who, the, with the suitcases and the individuals who are well known and, and people who really respect them. And they're the ones who interrupt the meeting and then bring this adulterous woman, which means what? She was, she was married and uh, she's not a prostitute, she's an adulterous woman. They called her quote in the, uh, in the very act, but they didn't bring the man. So there's another thing that's happening here in interrupting his teaching time. Jesus watch this now, watch this, watch this, watch how we find to all of this. I think that's important. They said they teacher, this woman had been God said that's uh, the, the man it had been assumed that he was a part of the plan. Uh, that's that's a normal assumption. Uh, if you catch her in a very act, they have to be a man around this one. <laughs> The woman caught in the adultery, she was guilty. She was caught. She faced not only physical death, but also being unsaved. She faced an inevitable wrath of God. Oh, it was more than just being caught. She was at a point, of a turning point in her life. He 
Jesus didn't need it. It would have been all over. Not only in the physical realm, she would have went out being stoned, and once she closed her eyes, she would, would be burned in the lake of fire forever. She was in good problem. And yet it's still, while well, the Pharisees, and it's amazing, God takes these hard-headed, hard-hearted men to snatch her out of this situation so that he can flip the switch. And I said, I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving me some insights. But wait a minute. There's more to this verse, these verses that I'm talking about. Okay? Uh, I'm going to sit here. We talk about the intense pressure. We talk about the intense pressure that is, is there. It says, this they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and opened his fingers on the right. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Get this down. Let's read together. Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone. Now, get this. He didn't argue with them, he just laid out the truth. If you are without sin, if you are, uh, if you are without sin, then go ahead, throw the stone. I'll, I'll give you permission if you're able to do that. And he goes on and says, and once more he bent down and broke on the ground. And when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the oldest one. And Jesus left alone with the woman standing before him. I was reading that and I said, I said, Lord, um, you'll probably read in your go, go to your commentaries and everything else. You see these guys block the box by everything else. Point to point, point to read that verse until this point. Here he is, they said, Well, what do you say, Jesus? Okay, students, he says, first thing you keep your mouth shut. And you stay focused. You don't have to say a word. So I tell you what, you just get on down and start writing on the ground. <laughs> then after you get to write this, just a little bit, then you nail it with this. If any of you have sinned, have no sin, I want to, I want you to stumble. Go, go right in. He put a net block on these grass. In your commentary, they said, when Jesus was going on the ground, they saw, and if they saw what he was writing, he left. You won't see that. You will not see that scripture. Whatever God writes, he always makes it clear. Whether it's Nebuchadnezzar or what, he always makes it clear. Whatever he writes down. He doesn't hide this. So take the looking on the ground off the picture. Why? Because look at what the word says. It says, when they what? Heard it. What? When they heard it, they went away one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus left alone with the woman standing before him. So then, it was after they heard what he said. Let's pause for a moment. Now, they are guilty three 
didn't work. Number one, if you throw the stone, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You're not really doing it in the name of the Lord. And if you say you're not as a sinner, you are a sinner because your purpose was to trip Jesus up. So your whole motive was wrong. So go ahead and throw the stone. Which, which one do you got? Get off where you put the bed and spit on it. <laughs> which one are you going to throw the first stone? So, so guess what? You can do it. You can do it. All right. So then if they're not going to throw the stone, then they're guilty of two things. One, they admit I am a sinner. Therefore, I'm unqualified to throw the stone. And therefore, everything I'm doing is wrong. So from the oldest who said, hey, you know, you think that whipper snack is better. Move on out of here. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. But guess what? When you leave, you prove to be an accuser, a false accuser. And when you leave, you will not acknowledge verbally that you are a sinner, which you should repent over. You see how guilty these guys are? You see what's going on here? They wanted to stone a woman by using God's word in the wrong context so that they could trip up Jesus. And Jesus is in, in Christ says, don't argue with them. A word bitterly spoken says silver uh, and grass vastest of gold. All you have to do is say the right thing at the right time to keep them out of So then he bent down and wrote again. It didn't matter what was on the floor. It was what was in the heart. It was not obeying what was on the floor. Why did they leave before you finished praying? Okay? But it's, it was in their hearts. And guess what? God. And you want to change individuals? It's not what's written out and what's said. You have to change and it's how you present how you present yourself is very important. Very, very critical. Okay? Um, observation. Remember that there are at least 14 reasons why people ask questions. Be very careful how you respond. Sometimes the best and sure method is safe enough. I've learned that over the years at this point past that old. Or I'm, and I'm still learning. You don't have to answer whatever the acquisition is. Maintain your group. But you don't have to ask, but make sure that you keep yourself together. Make sure, because this way, you stay focused on the bigger problem. But what's the bigger, what's the bigger problem? One is, we already uh, uh, shut these other guys up. But now what are you going to do with the one who's called to the And so here we see that Jesus Christ goes on. Go to the next slide there. <coughs> Observing of the observation of the devious plan of the Pharisees and the scribes, their motives were the parent to test Jesus. Their burden of proof was flawed and disqualified. Their intense inquiry was used for an immediate response that would be in their favor. What they heard without sin caused an immediate reversal of all their plans, leaving them defeated. 
this is how you you want. You don't have to fight with your enemies. God fights with that. You have to be bent out of shape. God fights with you. Amen. Let's go real quick. Concerning Christ's response for us, this should be a teachable moment. Remember what James says? Be quick to hear. Understanding the intentions and purpose. Be slow to speak. Be ready to give God our response. Be slow to anger. Quick, slow, slow. Be slow to anger. Never let your emotions control your first response. If you do that, then you get into the quagmire of responding back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. No, no, no. If you do it my way, you'll be able to go to sleep at night. Like you tell the folks, I go to sleep before I did. I go to sleep at night. I don't lose sleep at night. When the time goes to sleep, I go to sleep. But I can't do it if I don't follow the rules. You won't be able to do it if you don't follow the rules. You're still thinking about what happened during the day. And the Lord says, well, then you don't need to sleep. What did I tell you to do? Cast all your care for what? Him. Because he what? Cares for you. It says, and thou shalt keep them in perfect peace with minus eight on thee because of what? You should not be overwhelmed emotionally. Okay, back up. Take a deep breath. You're more than that. You're more than that. That doesn't alleviate the other situation that's, that's, that's uh, involved here. Um, as we are gone, Fusion Pro, and it says this, And as they continued to ask them, he stood up and said to them, uh, Let me eat him without sin, among the first, throw his stone, and once more he went down and rolled the ground. And when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus left along with the woman standing before him. Oh, she's standing now. Uh, standing before him. Let's go to the next one. What they heard without saying caused an immediate reversal of the first book of all the plans would have been repeated. Yet the number was when they heard it, they went away one by one. If they threw the stones, as I said, it would be hypocrites. And so if they threw the stones and if they uh, they would be hypocrites, if they didn't throw the stones, it was a repentance. Of sin to develop in It was not Jesus who had to take a choice, make a choice. It was the scribes and the Pharisees who put themselves on the line. So you see what happened here. Um, but should not be in that type of precarious situation where you use things that don't throw the word and you didn't try to use it in a situation. Those that don't do that. Stay with the word. I'll be done. That's what it was. After this, the impact on their thinking was not what was written on the ground, it was Christ's convicting words that pierced their hearts. He stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be first, if you are the 
You want to kill her? Get this. You want to kill this woman? Who replied? You want to kill this woman in order to catch Jesus? Do you know what they they thought less women were not really respected during that time. They thought less of a woman. Uh, and the whole idea is she's guilty, so her dying, that's life. That's what they do. Uh, they deserve everything they got. In God's eyes, everyone, the Pharisees, the scribes, the woman, and the man were all guilty. Except Jesus. These were the characters. And the characters between verses 1 to 11 was everybody was guilty. And they should have known that too because remember what it says? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And everybody except Jesus. So the only way that you can rectify this thing is that somebody has to be sinless. And guess what? It's just so happened that they brought it to the very person, the very person that would bring it to the they deliberately violated the law of Moses and tried to incur a conflict with the Romans law concerning stoning. They were devious. This was a well thought out plan. They were emotionally detached from the position and personhood of the woman. She was a pawn. They deliberately used the law of Moses in their conflict. That took a lot of But we now look at the part. They're off the scene. They're embarrassed. They don't, they do not go away because when you go to the further past of the scriptures, you find they come back another way. They have not learned their lesson. They still try to trap, trap Jesus. But there's one more important thing now. I'll think for this morning. Okay. And the thing here we find that uh God said the department verses 10 to 11. It reads as Jesus stood up and said to her, woman? Okay, now when he says woman there, he, he's not saying it like he's saying like woman. Uh, this word woman was a very respectful word. Matter of fact, Jesus Christ said to his mother, woman. Uh, so the word woman was very high with respect. And so she said, he says, uh, he said, no, I'm not going to use daughter. He said, he said, woman, uh, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No, Lord Jesus. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go from now on. Sin no more. Prostitution of information. Number one is, she said, No, Lord. There was a change. I first believe there was a change of heart and mind at the brink of death. He said, no, there was no one to kill me. And yes, it is now. And Jesus says, neither do I. And he says, because I release you, I want you to go and don't do sin again. Uh, now, that does not mean that uh, if you you know, there's enough ways you can sing. Uh, but say, don't get into this adulterous situation, but don't, don't sin. If I forgive you, then go and sin no more. But, but wait a minute. 
Jesus didn't say, I forgive you. But Jesus said, uh, Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. And from now on, sin no more. Then who's going to pay for this? Jesus was on his way to the cross of Calvary. He died for the sin of the whole world. And just like the, the thief that was on the cross, he says, when you go into your kingdom, remember me. He didn't say, oh, forgive me of my sins and all those things. He said, when you enter into your kingdom, remember me. And all that Jesus met him at the cross. Jesus met that woman at the deepest moment. Jesus is saying, whenever you have opportunity, seize that opportunity to set you free. I will cover them with my blood. And so Jesus Christ uh, gave the woman uh, forgiveness. And he said, go and sin no more. I got this. I'll pay this tag. I'll pick up the tag. Remember, whenever you sin against a person, they have to pick up the tag. I got this. You, you, you go and don't do sin again. I'm not picking it up again. Uh, but right now, I want you to pick it up and, and go over uh, this place. What a gracious Lord we have. And guess what? I do. You watch. Then I watch as you do. The reason I know jumping to the this day, what I'm simply saying, I want to watch you now as a how you have people in your life. Number one, open in prayer. Number two, be prepared to live in a way that you can honor to the Lord. But I'm not there. The next thing is we'll come down to opportunity. Genuine opportunity. Uh, never pass up a genuine opportunity. It's not about you. It's all about God. Amen. And so uh, there are one thing we need to consider. The result, whether they are, has no one convicted. For the prize, he said, no one, Lord. The release, neither do I condemn you. The response was for her to go and not on, said no more. There's a responsibility. The scripture said, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man uh, against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and whose spirit there is no sin. Boy, I tell you, they can tell you that. I can say I messed up big time, messed up big time. And yet still, the Lord made me that throne, the throne of David forever. He still blessed me through the whole process. I think that's important to uh, keep in mind as we look at this particular message. Um, one last thing. After all that we have come, there are two things we need to keep in mind. Jesus did with you. In your darkest moment, in your greatest struggle, in your moments of doubt, in your dealing with the weights of sin and dealing with defeat, Jesus will be you. In the darkness, the greatest, in the moments of doubt and dealing with sin, He will something else for the next time. His personal words would probably be, go 
就唔敢學西安中國學巴黎嘅嘢啦。The second takeaway from it is Jesus will defeat you if you try to present an agenda that is out of the way. You want you want to go through a life of of being defeated? Keep operating outside the world. If you think that the Lord's going to say, "Oh, that's my child, I love him," he acts so crazy, so now God is chasing those. Thank you.